how can a Muslim not be a student of knowledge? And obviously you're right, the majority aren't. They don't study. They just read a few things here and there and they just, you know, try to practice. And honestly, the level of Islamic knowledge is, and I, you know, it's my job. I get to meet so many people. It's so poor at the moment. Hello, would you like to upgrade roti and coffee providing? Go to East London, Quaker Street, Coffee and Bubble Tea. They will provide better tea and coffee providing than your current tea and coffee provider is providing. What about downgrading? If you mention the podcast name, they will downgrade your providing to 10% off. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, welcome to today's episode of Unscripted Podcast by Sumter and C. Uh, you might have seen in a previous podcast I was kind of taken out for not being um, relatable enough to the youths. Um, I think Omar caught wind of that and I think he took it a bit too far Personally. in his um, straight out of SW16. MashaAllah. Representing the ends. I Omar thought, is. I thought it said straight out of swag. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Who said that? Oh, oh, look who it is. We have uh, oh, a... <laughs> oh, 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 not the most spectacular entrance there. <laughs> introduction over. Assalamualaikum, Sheikh. How are you? I'll do the proper... Because I'm in the outfit, I'm going to do the proper introduction. Right. So, he's the chemist who's not a feminist, the preacher who's a teacher, the Pratan who's still Jawan, who represents the Musliman, the odd aggression, but mainly logical progression, Sharper than a razor who's a dawn gazer. 18 degree joke, that one. Moved away I like it, I like it. Moved away from the shanks to live amongst the manx. Quick on the repost like the flick of a towel. Forget about being famous for one name. He's only two vowels. The one and only. Did you actually make that up? Isn't that like your Twitter bio or something? No. Really? <laughs> my, Twitter, my Twitter bio, since I can't even remember that guy who used to ride the bike, the minister. Since that day, it's the yeah. precariat bendel. Ah, okay. <laughs> that is my Twitter district. That, that is my biography. I am the precariat bendel. Wow. Omar, well. I'm actually impressed. Like you should, uh, that was actually really good, by the way, mashallah. Like it's the pressure, especially the Javan part. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I got to put a little bit, of, a little bit of both in there. Patron. Need a bit more color. Need a bit more color to try and a bit we'll, more truth. We'll let it out. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, alhamdulillah. Jazakallah. Yeah, and uh, really appreciate you being uh, there. Abu Isa so. is uh, back in civilization from a brief stint in. You can't uh, even let me enjoy my cricket, man. Yeah. Honestly, I only come down to to London for the cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Not those type of crickets. <laughs> Hears them all the time up in Manchester. Although to be honest, although to be honest, yeah, and the rubbish we're playing at the moment. You might as well going to play those type of crickets. When you yeah. say we, I will behave. I am. I mean Afghanistan. I am Norman Tebbit. I am Norman Tebbit. England all the way, hundred mm. percent. Although I tell you something. Hashtag British values. Yeah, hashtag me too. The the if you watch the the current state of play at the moment, which is day two. And you look at the Australian team; it's completely reminiscent of the Pakistan team of Mizbah Al Haq and Muhammad Yusuf. Basically, whatever the game is, our first two wickets are going to fall for five runs, and then the rest of the day is just dominated by number yeah. three and four batsmen. And that's what's mm. happening with Ismail Salah, and yeah. uh, Steve Smith. 
But anyway, I, enough I, of that. I know boring. who those people are. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> but enough of boring people. I love football. Someone called Salman Bhatt, not Salman, no cricket. Salman Bhatt, yeah. <laughs> So you're Someone here who's for even cricket. <laughs> a Salman Bhatt who's even more <laughs> than the actual Salman Bhatt. Yeah. It's not saying which isn't. That's the embarrassing thing. Every time I Google my own name, I do that. You find something often. more embarrassing than yeah. your actual... Yeah. Right. So it's, uh, if anyone's uh, curious, Salman Bhatt is also the name of somebody else. Some disgraced cricketer. Is he in prison still? Or? No, he's come back. He's okay. making, gonna come, yeah, making a comeback. You know, true story, uh, once in Lahore, like... 10, 15 years, 10, 11 years ago, I was with my cousin in a bus. They started the, that devil, which devil. is like a really, it was really a swanky thing yeah, back yeah. then. And everyone started like bustling and saying, oh, Salman Bhatt's on the coach, Salman Bhatt's on the coach. I looked at my cousin, I was like, yeah, man. I don't know, maybe, they, maybe they're one of my 800 uh, Facebook friends or something, innit? And it turned out to be next, man. That was a real big uh, hit to my ego, man. Never mind, eh? Yeah. Oh, well. The difference, he's, uh, I, he's I mean, at least you're a doctor, right? Yeah. Oh, actually, no, maybe yeah. not. Doctor, <laughs> doctor of what? Hadouken! Doctor of Philo- pharmacology think, or something? I think the P stands for philosophy. <laughs> uh, I googled it once, uh, I'm a doctor of philosophy. I never get over that. Yeah, they call me Butterstottle. You can call him that as well. So and many other things as well, <laughs> don't worry about it. Just After 9pm watershed. But, uh, so you're here just to enjoy the cricket? Or I am, you want I am. To, uh, I've had a really long, tough summer mm. i.e. that means being with the kids okay in pakistan but, uh, now it's your holidays <laughs> now it's my holidays <laughs> absolutely i said no. i need a break from the break so i just generally just uh just getting a few i i do actually like to relax to the cricket and the most boring form of cricket humanly possible mm. test match cricket which you know many of the folks who are, are not from england or the cricket nations think is the most incredibly ridiculous idea ever that a game is played over five days and then it can have no result at the end of it <laughs> I didn't know that bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Test match is amazing. So wow. I just sit there and I just relax. I just you think about life. It's just brilliant. It is, it is proper to double time. I don't want to make it religious. <laughs> I don't want to pass the fatwa yet for everyone to watch test match yeah. cricket. But it is really. You're just it's saying it's not me. that haram. It's not that haram. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like some of those discussions in the nineties, bro. Like five days of going back and forth, and at the end of it, nothing, no result. <laughs> <laughs> what you had to go there for, bro? <laughs> They're really in it. <laughs> I never knew Abu Isa in the nineties, so. You want to explain, did you used to be a super or something? Or? <laughs> Alhamdulillah, I was never no. a super or a Neo. Or a, my next door neighbor calls me Neo, by the way. They just can't do Ni'matullah, so they, yeah. they're like Neo. Yeah. It's not because you're just in random. No, no it's obviously <laughs> I, I'm, I'm better looking than Keanu, Keanu yeah. Reeves, but no, it's, yeah. it's actually... And you don't touch women in pictures and either. I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Remember that? Yes. I bet you had a leather jacket, though. <laughs> I, 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 I have bet you had a leather jacket. Yeah. Long, thin... Yeah. Accentuating to the, the the fine figure, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. So, what was I saying? Uh, you, yeah, nineties. You said the nineties. What were we referring to? Did you know? Did you, how long have you known? Was the, was I haven't seen you in like ten years properly. I saw you in Hajj once, but Hajj. Last time I saw you was properly. Mahmoud was in Hajj. Mashallah, he did an awesome job with uh, his group. Mashallah. Mashallah. Hajj was intense this year. I I genuinely needed. I thought a it was Mina that's intense. <laughs> Shout Actually, out to Asif you know for that joke. I mean, uh, ironically, I'll give you ironically, ironically, you're right. I mean, it's only meant to be certain moments are meant to be intense. But yeah. I think the kind of Hajj groups that that uh, are more focused on knowledge and then experience, mm. certainly the group that I would be taking, um, it really is intense. Hard work from the beginning, you know, nonstop. And this year, obviously, people's emotions were very, very, you know, preparing, mentally everybody worried about the heat. 
you know, it really was a worry this year. Was last it the first year, one that was in the school holidays? Uh, no, last year was in school mm-hmm. holidays as well. Um, so you had a lot of teachers trying yeah, to... Yeah, exactly. These are the big kind of the heavy size groups with a lots of, lots mm. of teachers and lots of people who, uh, you know, have got at least someone to cover for their childcare. Mm. But last year was incredibly hot. And a lot of incidents of heat stroke. I got heat stroke last year as well, first time oh. in Hajia. Oh. So uh, this year it was very much about take more doctors, take more uh, precaution and everything. And so people were a lot more nervous in the run up. And then, so that's, that's emotional in itself. Mm. And so it was already intense without then out of her ben, then being what it became. Obviously, it's now legendary because obviously it rained Rain, and it yeah. rained like something, you know. So in, in your, how long have you been doing Hajj groups? Um, this is probably my 20th year, Takriban. Wow. The first group that I took. First time it rained? The fir- uh, uh, no. In, it, it, in actual fact, it, it, you know, it's interesting a lot of people saying that, um, but that's because I haven't been going for too long. Uh, mm. it, it does ironically rain quite often on Arafah, but only very, you know, spit, drizzle yeah. type, very brief. But nothing like what happened For this sure. year, which is proper quenching, cooling rain. And it wasn't just that, mm. because actually, because I've been there, I remember 2006, I remember I remember very vividly, obviously, you know, uh, Um uh, was there that year. I remember him giving the fatwa that people could evacuate Mina. That was about 10, 15 years ago when it rained. Uh, it, it, and the, the, the tents were ruined. So for us, mm-hmm. when we're there, when we see the rain, it's the immediate response is not always all oh, Allah's mercy. Yeah, yeah. It's always how are the hijaj going to be? How mm-hmm. you know? Because we've seen. I remember that year people died because the, chaos. the uh, obviously Mina is surrounded by mountains that mm-hmm. are small mountains, but they are uh, home for people who don't have tents. Mm. And the rain was gushing down, and it already has a drainage problem anyway. Mm. And so it's bringing down rock and debris, and you know, mm-hmm. people died. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it was more than just rain and flooding of tents that led us to to, to leave Mina after a night, I believe. Um, so when it started raining so heavily, you're always thinking, what is going to happen in Musdalifah? Yeah, what is going to happen tonight? And it was just a blessing and mercies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that it was just the perfect rain. It caught a temperature and it stopped very quickly, mm-hmm. long enough to have a meaningful emotional experience, real beautiful dua that everybody enjoyed for 20, 30 minutes. Mm. Then it dried up and there was no sign of the rain, even though we were sleeping, you know, on the, as you do yeah, in Muzdalifah, on the mud. It was not wet at oh, all. Yeah. So it's perfect. It, it couldn't have been oh. more perfect. So. Alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. So going for the last 20, 21 years, did you say? So that? the first group that I took, um, maybe 19 years, because maybe it was 2000, was Muntada. Muntada, yeah. Yeah, in the days of Abu Omar. MashaAllah. And uh, where, where is he? Is he around still? Abu Omar? No. Oh, he's in Riyadh. He's moved, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And in those days, of course, there wasn't this, uh, you know, the, 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 the division of... European tents in the VIP, it was wherever you could, you, you had quite a lot yeah. of freedom to get tents anywhere. <coughs> so we stayed in the Saudi tents. Oof. Yes. And so it was very lavish, but it, and ironically, it wasn't lavish like Group 6 and, <laughs> and VIP today. You know, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, it wasn't that lavish, uh, but it was still buffets and things like that and comfort. But the main thing is that I remember is that our tents were part of the same group of tents with Sheikh Safar al Hawali and Sheikh Salman al Auda. Wow. So uh, I remember <coughs> that um, I translated for Sheikh Salman Al-Auda. He came and gave a, a lesson. And uh, I'm going to say something which is obviously going to be quite sad, but I remember Osama Hassan also translating for Safar Al-Hawali mm. in, that, uh, in that particular yeah. uh, Hajj. So it's amazing, you know, where we were and yeah. where, where we've come to. <laughs> Allah Allah. 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 
Were you quite close to scholars. him? I was very close to Osama. Yeah. Very, very close to Osama. Have you spoken to him since uh, um, recently? Since he joined yeah, Quilliam? No, no, not, not, since, not since he joined Quilliam, no. Ironically, I think uh, I met him when he was considering it. I met him in Sa'i. Uh, mm. One year, Hajj, maybe 2000 and maybe 10 or I can't remember actually what year. And it was top floor roof. Because um, not many people use the Mas'ah, the area for Sa'i on mm. the roof. Yeah. I remember meeting him, that was slightly awkward, yeah. Here's a question actually on this for you, bro. Is that, look, over the last 20 years, there's been a number of different Dai scholars, etc. And, and positions have changed and personalities have changed, etc. And we'll probably tackle this a little bit later. But mashallah, as long as I've known you, and even from before, you've been pretty consistent. So either you were crazy from the beginning. <laughs> or you haven't learned anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's... How have you managed to keep that sort of semblance? And you haven't had the same sort of path in education as perhaps some of our other dais and Cor- scholars. Correct, yeah. You know, subhanAllah, you know, everyone tries to be modest and tries to be, you know, I'm not this and I'm not that. But I genuinely, you know, have nothing to brag about. I am not the greatest of scholars. I'm not the most cleverest of people. But I will say that my greatest attribute, and, and that means the greatest blessing that Allah ever put upon me is that I never felt the attraction of going any other way other than just sticking to whatever the narrative was from the beginning. And if you were to say, how did that happen? It's purely because of a teacher. Yeah. I was very fortunate that, uh, you know, most people when they're, when they're involved in the da'wah or they become guided, mm. uh, it happens um, in, a, in, a, in a way where they themselves uh, either experience something and then they then have something internal and then they start to deal with it and try to process it and mm-hmm. that process might take like months maybe a year self-reading self-discovery whatever whereas mine was guided heard the right thing saw the right people and i wasted maybe all of 10 12 hours i went straight mm-hmm. up to the chap that i was in the khutbah with and i said is it possible that you could take a student and it was Sheikh Ihlan, uh, uh who's in Mecca at the moment in Umul Qura, but at that time, 95, 6, something like that, he, you know, I just went straight up to him. Yeah. And uh, he, I remember that day, actually, he gave the khutbah, and uh, it was at university, and he left. Was it in English? Uh, yes, it was in English. And uh, very, very accented English as well. Very difficult to understand. Mm. Uh, and it was one of the most boring khutbahs. It was the classical <laughs> tawheed, Kind of, you know, he was, he was Qatta Salafi, he was, yeah, it was a Tawheed, no fluffing around, 100% boring, bro. Come on, press the Hadouken. He was a a Chak Chak Yani. I don't have a word to this. (laughs) I don't have (laughs) the the shock, the shock of that statement. And uh, I have no sound effect for this. He he was doing one of his typical kind of Tawheed kind of things, but this was the thing. He was speaking so clearly about what Allah says in the Quran. It Mm. really impacted upon me for whatever reason. And he left. Uh, immediately And I was too far to the front To be able to catch him So you know Phone calls Meet people Whatever There's no internet those days Or you know Social media Whatever And I stalked him As in You know Someone said to me that This when you were in come, uni Yes He will come to a, a local masjid uh, Didsbury masjid oh. And uh, he will be there For the evening He has a, a Dars on Tirmidhi And uh, he will You know uh, At this time So I remember getting there And uh, I vividly remember being super, so nervous mm. I'd never done anything like that ever That I hid behind a tree in a car 
I remember it. I even remember the car. It was a random Toyota. And for someone who can't use memories going rapidly, that is amazing. You remember little things. Yeah. It was a Toyota Corolla, old school. And I crouched down because, you know, he turned around. I didn't want to look like, I wanted to make it as natural in the message as possible. Do you have any binoculars? No. <laughs> I didn't take it to that PI level, but, yeah. you know, it was, you know. Yeah. And I remember I then walking in, I went to him, you know, nervous and everything. I said, Sheikh, is it possible that you could uh, take a student and, and teach? And he said, sure. And he took me under his wing. And then, um, fortunately, I was doing a degree which was a very easy degree. It was pharmacy and uh, required very little intellectual, you know. No offense to any no pharmacist. No offense <laughs> to any pharmacist out there. No offense to all the failed medics out there. Okay. But, but it's true. Yeah. It really is a second hand degree. Yeah. And so, um, so I was fortunate enough to be able to. Uh, do memorize my Quran mm. during term time uni. during uni every single morning. I, I was fortunate. Mm. I lived in. I lived mm. in. I moved to a masjid, so there was a masjid yeah. there that had a upstairs flat. So I took <coughs> that. So in my first year, you know, salah was on lock, right? Calm. So is this when yeah. you became Just, practicing yeah. calm, calm or calm. peak? Peak. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting used to these young yeah. words. Yeah, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. You Jawan. want a, pe- you want a pagan? No, no, no. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> slow, slow, slow down, bro. Yeah. So yeah, and so uh, and in that dars, in that in that masjid every morning after fajr, and I mean after fajr, summer fajrs as well, winter fajrs as well. I was obviously mm. I'm from London, but I'm living in Manchester, so so summer fajr is like one thirty. Yeah, summer fajr was obviously not one thirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they were guided people, so they were praying at four o'clock. Like Hadouken, <laughs> <laughs> Hadouken, yes. So you earned that one. Yeah, right. that one sure. So you know uh, the hivs would be done in the morning. Uh, the Arabic would be done before I'd start uni. I would go. I'd give my instructions to the to the, the brain boxes and say, make sure you take mm. good notes. Then I'd leave, okay? And then I'd go to Sheikh's house and I'd spend the whole day studying with him. So I was not given an opportunity to experiment yeah. with the, the right, with the neos, with the supers, whatever. Yeah. I was never given a reason to go to the left and to the no Sufis and to the No need to study or anything. No, I didn't need to do that. Alhamdulillah. Very, very fortunate. Very, those three Is that years. when you just became more practicing or were you always, yes. always kind no, of practicing no, before no, that? I, no, there's something happened. Uh, I wouldn't normally have gone to that khutbah. Mm. Um, but yes, yeah, something did happen. Okay. Um, uh, I started practicing a few days before then. And it happened in university. I was, uh-huh. you know, standard uh, upbringing, pack, you know, read Quran and watch cricket. And watch cricket. They eventually allowed you back onto the course, though, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sugar. <laughs> sugar. <laughs> I went there. Huh? I had to beg to be get pulled back in the course. They, they, did, they, did, they I didn't did. say anything. Which yeah. course? <laughs> they found out. They did find out. But uh, the, pharmacy, no, the second rate. The, I, second, I, the second rate degree. Astaghfirullah. <laughs> 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 All yeah. these pharmacists watching yeah. this, yeah, I need you yeah. getting back. Oh. Oh, I forgot, man. My wife's a pharmacist. Oh, so pharmacy is a very difficult degree, you know. You know <laughs> yeah, and and the graduates are awesome people, those who graduate and, from And it. very good looking as well. Yeah, mashallah. Yeah, mashallah. Beautiful. So yeah. the, the fact that you had the teacher is what gave you that guiding hand at that time. Would you advise that now for people who... I don't know how... Is how, it even possible I don't know now? How the, I don't know. No, no. I don't know how the community moved away from this. Yeah. I mean, I understand yeah. that no one has... No one feels the need. I understand the arrogance that people feel because they've got YouTube and they've got, you know, Twitter and they've got little, mm. you know, they can download notes and whatever, whatnot. But the truth is that people download a million times more than they actually consume. Yeah. There's a, yeah, there's, yeah, a, yeah. There's, a there's a great comfort, you know, in, 
you know, there's a lot of people that ask for Sheikh Yasser Sira Series 100, where is it, where is it, where is the thing? Yeah. How many people have actually listened to it from the beginning, proper, whatever? Mm. So structured learning, whether whether teacher or even a system, or even a, a set of recordings that are replacing teaching, people are not being disciplined enough. Our biggest mm. problem is discipline. The yeah. people who make it to the top are those who have the greater discipline, the greater control over the desires for just a short period of time, just need to hold it on lockdown. Uh, and those, that is the big difference between the haves and the have-nots. I mean, we always like to share yeah. the anecdotes that the Bill Gates and the CEOs, they watch one hour TV a week and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But ultimately what it boils down to is that it's discipline. They, everybody mm. wants to sit down and dos. Everybody wants yeah. to just sit and you know, let their brain you know, splurge away to TV or whatever. Everybody does. But those people who decide not to and instead would do something beneficial or revise or whatever, they're going to make it. You know, yeah. whatever your interest is. And mm. likewise, Dean, people just don't want to go to, to, to the circles or don't want yeah. to go and sacrifice the time on A struggle, I find, in the new generation isn't there in the same way. We'd want to get on a bus and go halfway across London. You hear some speakers coming. Again, it's being translated and the translation's even drier than the original delivery. And I don't, I don't mean mm. in a disrespectful yeah, yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. But you go there, but there was a buzz. There was a sense of brotherhood. There was a sense of feeling you were soaking in. The ilm, How much you know? of that is just maybe kind of grumpy old manness that used to be really nice and because maybe because you were No, but his point is, is that even yeah, the young folks aren't doing that today. Yeah. We, we can understand when you get middle age and yeah. you change, you know, you've got a different circle <coughs> now, you've got family, you've got responsibilities. We can understand it, you know, mm. suffering. It shouldn't completely go, of course, but we can understand suffering. But why aren't the youth are equivalent yeah. today experiencing that. And I'll tell you something, I've been very, you know, I always blame millennials for every single thing that happens in the world. Yeah, if there's any yeah. problem, just blame mm. the millennials. But what's the name of that speaker, the uh, the the public? Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I remember watching a video by him and he was, you know, he flipped it, right? He was saying that we have to adapt to them. That was, you know, his basic message. He's yeah. saying that, listen, you know, you've got to understand that millennials, they, they, they are different and they can be irritating because of who they are in their surroundings. So if you want to get the best out of them, you have to, as the CEOs and the yeah. bosses and the older generation, have to adapt. <coughs> I don't know whether I can agree with that. I think he's, yeah. an, he's a brilliant speaker, he's got great yeah. ideas. But I really, I find, I struggle. I struggle I mean, with my own children, kind of I struggle with that. From I, the corporate like, context, isn't it? He's talking about no, practically he, you have to that's, that's where he's get the most also, out of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I mean you know, that, that, that talk is not to the corporates. Mm. No, he's he's given that. Yeah. yeah, He's given that to the corporates, seen it mm. work and seen a reception. Then he said, let me make a business out of this and yeah. turn it into leadership development. So he's put yeah. it out on YouTube for everybody. So no, he's not aiming that at the mm. corporates. He wants all of us who are older to be more sympathetic towards them. And, you know, I think it is important. We need to remember that caveat, you know, the hour yeah. in the way that we make, you know, in, interact with people that, listen, we grew up without the distraction of the mobile phone, right? Um, and I, that's I cannot how, that's imagine. A, that's a massive difference, though. That's, that that's my point. If I had a mobile their phone. brain chemistry uh, and everything. Absolutely. If I was trying to revise for my exams with the presence of a mobile yeah. phone, with a color that's flashing on the screen mm. that has been scientifically tested over years and years to be that and color. And the sound notification. And the sound. that They've yeah. gone through one million sounds. They've gone through yeah. one million shades of color. They've, they've trialed it for three yeah. months. Then they release an update with a different color because yeah. they've seen that red really is you know, Gives the you one. Gives you a dopamine hit. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when you look at these companies and how much they have to pay to preserve their brand and they, they choose blue mm. like Facebook did or they choose X like Twitter and whatever. And they all go also with, blue. you know, uh, no, no, but I mean, they have their yeah. notification yeah, yeah, colors as a unique yeah. color and then they're willing to drop that and all go to red 
yep. which would be the, the you know breaking the golden rule of individuality mm. and uniqueness okay and usp because they know that the return on making a compromise yeah. and going to red and sharing red as a notification notification color for everything is worth it because it is completely addictive yeah imagine how imagine i've tried to so you do have to be sympathetic yeah. I'll tell you something but from I my kids' A-level exams. Yeah. I took the phone away for the entire length of the A-levels. So my, my eldest... The whole two years? <laughs> no, the revision, I mean. Okay. The revision. So for five months, he had no yeah. access to his phone. Isa. Yeah. Yeah. Just to give you how an you idea know? of how difficult it, it, it is and, and what kind of extreme behavior needs to be. I'm not saying that's the mm. right way. Because I get the whole, you've got to teach them responsibility and how to be able to be controlled. But I'll be honest with you, I don't think it can be controlled. But you know, is also looking at the family now the family structure the the fact that husband and wife often are both working to provide for the family to get the house that the single father could do before and it almost becomes they are a lot more tired you find them the mothers are just as tired you know, more tired than the fathers so it's almost easier to say well we'll give them some child-friendly programs to watch and it starts from there and, and you, you know you're fueling the habit but at the same time you despise it yeah mm. yeah i mean it's People are still stuck on the whole television shaitan thing. Television is an angel compared <laughs> to the smartphone. I mean, yeah. and it has such huge benefits and people run their entire lives on it, their livelihood, yeah. their work, but it's, it's uncontrollable. It's, as, it's, 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 it's crazy that we are so obsessed with just a piece of an mm. item, but its power is unparalleled. It's yeah. unparalleled what damage can be done. You look at you look at Donald Trump, and he, the power of his tweets. They did an analysis on just yeah. fin- of the financial markets. Mm. One tweet that he tweets, financial markets across the world crash, yeah. crash, billions and trillions crash. I mean, it's insane. People are focusing, you know, on taking phones of sportsmen. Uh, you're not allowed, for example. I, I know a few who are playing professional sports. And they, they have very strict rules. They are, have to, as soon as they come, they, they have to give their phones in. And then they can't. People are really worried about what happens when they have a phone and what it would do to betting markets. That's 0.001% yeah. of the damage that is done by people who are encouraged to actually yeah. use their phone to speak and create that kind of yeah. panic or create Absolutely. that fake positive kind of results. That it's, and I was discussing this actually in our, in our class yesterday, uh, day before yesterday, logical progression, uh, that the, um, the hadith of the, the Prophet Sallallahu when so he so passed so. by the grave and he said <coughs> that these two people are being punished. Mm. Okay, they and they and two people are not punished or people are not punished in the grave except that it is kabir. Yeah. It's severe, yeah. it's, it's serious. And the two things that he mentioned are interesting. The first one is namima, which is false gossip, okay, yeah. slander. And, but slander and, and, and spreading it for malicious reasons. And then you have this, uh, the, the, uh, the one who doesn't, yeah, carelessness about his mm. urine, which is, uh, when you look at them, you don't, they don't seem on the same level, but just to d- deal with the urine one, that's because a person is effectively neglecting salah. And salah, of course, is so important. So that's mm. almost an act of kufr. So it's serious haram. But this spreading of malicious gossip, Whatever we thought back in the day when we understood that hadith, you know, that is breaking someone's honor and it's, you know, disgracing their reputation and whatever. Mm. We need to stop saying that to people. We need to now explain what this hadith means today. Today, it means genocide. Today, it means the killing of entire communities. Today, it means exactly what actually some of the more responsible social networks are, are implementing. So, for example, WhatsApp, some of its updates... I don't know if you knew, uh, know this, that some of the updates restrict the number of times that a message can be forwarded. Because yeah. they did and they, they worked out scientific analysis that 
some of the killings and the lynchings of, for example, Muslims or yeah, in yeah, Sri Lanka, yeah. for example, yeah. the Muslims, and mm-hmm. for example, in Rohingya, was because a certain message, which is fake, yeah. then gets spread and then it becomes like viral. fact and becomes viral. And so many times, I mean, unlimited forwards, yeah. everybody receives it on the phone and madness then ensues. Now, if that I was. I didn't know that's why I was not able to spam enough people with Islam Trinity articles recently. <laughs> Limited to five or something. No, there's something else because of the person yeah. who's spamming. Yeah, not, <laughs> yeah. not, not the content. Yeah. Let's not bring down Islam yeah. to anyone's scene. Yeah. But imagine that is on a static message. Yeah. yeah. What then with now deep fake, where you see that face, yeah. that yeah. person, that voice, actually, yeah. uh, that voice say the, the, the statement and it's entirely false, entirely. Yeah. And it's not, it's, not, it's not a fake message now. It's now being spread. This is the Namima the the yeah. of our time. And its effect, and ironically, we've got to thank Donald Trump for bringing this to our attention. Yeah. Because if it he didn't launch it. against fake news, yeah. we yeah. wouldn't have, Facebook would never have mm. felt the pressure, sure. WhatsApp would never, never felt the pressure to a study, is there such a thing as fake, fake news? news? Then they uncovered that there was, and then that led them to a more scientific analysis. Uh, much far before Donald Trump, but because he's a public enemy now for the, the kind of mainstream, yeah. Um, now they're taking it seriously and stuff he says and how he got elected, targeted messaging, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Cambridge Analytica, uh, Brexit, that kind of stuff. Mm. Targeting certain messaging to people that you know kind of psychologically are more prone to react. Uh, yes, by yes, that. yes. So yeah. going back to, um, you said, so you were like, tw- in your, what, 18, 19, 20 mm. when you became practicing, uh, what, which was like 20 years ago? <laughs> You're so kind to yeah, Come on, pretty yeah, yeah. or something. You can't even think, can you? It's <laughs> <laughs> the closest one I could think of. Uh, or, yeah, 20 years ago. <laughs> it's a bit harsh, right? uh, that, that is weak, that badum yeah. How would you change it? Badum Bit of drum and bass. That's okay. So, how are days? What message would you give 20 year old AE? But before you uh, call something After else, stop beating him. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. I mean, I asked this from another, a few other guests we had. You know, like um, you know, you know. Honestly, I know exactly what I tell twenty-year-old AE because he yeah. did quite a good job of of, him, of of what he had available to him at that time. Yeah. I would tell twenty-eight, a twenty-year-old AE <laughs> to write down the Quran. That's what he mm. didn't do. That was the big mistake. I remember when I was Why is that? In, when I was in my thirties. Um, no, no one was in my thirties. I, I received this advice actually from one one of my Arabic teachers, Sheikh Muhammad Salim al Adud alayhi rahmatullah. He was the mm-hmm. uncle of Adidu, Muhammad bin Hassan Adidu. So he was an Arabic specialist and whatever. And he did tell me, you know, I, I was memorizing Quran at that time, and he did say to me that you need to write it out. You know, in in Mauritania, they mm. they you know the, the system is you get the lower hand and you write it out a number of times. You keep then you raising the board. You write it out, whatever. None of that behavior. I, w- I was writing on a piece of paper, just my yeah. homework. But when we were memorizing, you were, we were memorizing by just repeating the verse x amount of times. So, so hopefully, it, it gets pushed from short term memory into long term. What's the? There's a famous method, right? The no, no, they, they, their method is slightly different in the mahdarad. What they, they they use for repetition of verses. So minimum fifty. Maximum 100 100 is what puts you on lockdown And then So 100 times one verse Then 100 times the next verse And then 50 The, the uh, jewel mm. Then 100 times the next verse 100 times the next verse Then jewel And then the, the four together 25 Like that And then you finish the page In that same way And then you do the whole page And, and roughly But of course Whatever works Yeah But whatever what, One thing which is Of no doubt Is that writing it down 
cement set. Just like yeah. when we revise for our exams, yeah, yeah. Yeah. degree exams, A level exams, writing notes in class is a must. Yeah. And then you should go home and rewrite your notes, like what the girls do, right? <laughs> and the men don't, right? And the girls, they sit down and they get all their lovely nice pens and the greens and the reds and the rulers and they write all the subtitles and everything out. Ever. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I was just, always, I used to say, <laughs> copy the girls, they copy, know what they're doing. You used to I crush copy plants. Please. <laughs> 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 That's why you're a doctor of not medicine. Yeah. <laughs> I would just copy and paste it. There you go. Our, our, yeah. our, teachers, uh, our, teachers, <laughs> our teachers said that whoever writes the Quran six times will never forget it. It's it's and that's what I didn't do. And that's why my uh, uh, memory of the Quran is like, mm. it's just evaporating. It's very, very mm. weak. Whatever I try to do, I can't maintain. That would be the one thing, the second thing, the third thing. Maybe Everything else many, I'm very uh, comfortable. Too many with test matches you've been going to. <laughs> Too, too much information to lot, process. Or you've got a lot of time to think about. <laughs> I'm going to come back to a point you mentioned earlier about um, AI and, you know, people now it's having... AI. Yeah, but, you know, the fact that you can have someone um, put up their fake voice and the imagery and everything. Deep fake, yeah. And we were, yeah, deep fake, sorry. So we were discussing in one of our classes about the Sharia and um, applying the Hadood and why you need four witnesses and people asking the question, well, if it's, if it's videoed, if it's filmed, surely that's... And then you really start to see the wisdom mm. of the fact that it's stipulated, you know, the fact that you need four witnesses. In your experience of the Sharia and the, how it's kind of, not, not the Sharia changing, but our needs as a community over the last 20 years and where it's going, do you think the scholarship that's coming through is equipped in the right way to deal with it? Knowing now of the quality that's coming through and the challenges, and I don't mean that mm. to take anything away from this, because it's just the focus and, and being able to understand the breadth of what we're dealing with. So the mm. question is awesome, and my apology has to be to the LP students that would hear this or, or see this, because I spoke exactly about this subject just a couple of days ago. Oh, sorry. exactly what you just mentioned. That so LP is <coughs> logical progression. Uh, Sheikh Abu Isa's um, online weekly class. Yeah, yeah. class. And we just obviously we chat about whatever's happening new as well. So we just keep it relaxed. But this issue was naturally the development from this mentioning of deep fake because mm. obviously one of the problems that we've had um, throughout the last 20, 30 years or the problem of modernity is this pressure against the archaic traditional ways of establishing justice. And the development of science and them considering that science cannot have any flaws. So I remember 20 years ago, okay, I remember when uh, the Majmal uh, Fiqh al-Islami, okay, the, the fiqh, international fiqh bodies, the world fiqh bodies and councils. DNA tests. Yes, exactly. Uh, when they were gathering and they were seeing whether mm. it's possible to use the DNA tests in hudud. Because obviously that Paternity. should be 100% mm. you know, proof that there's been zina or there's been mm. sexual relations or X or Y. Now... From, our ha from, the, from what we study in Sharia, we know it's very clear that none of these can take the position of mm. the four witnesses. Yeah. And that create, creates a problem for those who are weak in their religion, weak in their iman, and weak in their usul as well. Yeah. So the first two categories may be to, to normal Muslims, but the scholar is the one who is affli afflicted by the third one. Those who are weak in their usul, yeah. Yeah. those who don't have a solid foundation in terms of understanding what Sharia mm. is all about. Because people are obsessed with the scientific development or advancements, but they're forgetting that there are other things that are happening as well. So for example, maybe it's not so important about establishing guilt. Maybe yeah. it's not so important that we 
uh, establish the had upon that person mm. but maybe the real aim is for that person who did the crime to understand what they've actually done yeah. Yeah. maybe what's happening here is for the, the witnesses themselves to be learning things and to understand yani, the weight or to understand the responsibility mm. if they see a sin what they should be doing you know it's it's and that's why i often say in my classes um, you know people who are obsessed by this 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 discussion mm. it's because they're obsessed with justice yeah and i want to say to people that justice is not the objective of islam justice is an incredibly overrated concept <laughs> you know justice is what it is what the west and the secular uh the secular world has put at you know the peak that's why the statue of liberty is their absolute mm. logo for life justice is just a, a stepping rung yeah, and it's just it's just the second step yeah, and on, on, on a journey to excellence because mm. excellence is not justice excellence is when you give up your right i.e so. what was justice and you forgive someone yeah that's mm. that's the perfection of the human character that's the perfection of human values so islam <coughs> even though we guarantee that we will ensure justice is occurred but justice is the least common denominator yeah. It's yeah, not it's entry not, point. It's, it's, it's the entry point. Yeah. The entry and point. and if you make it the absolute be all and end all, the pinnacle, then you yeah. do, and the pinnacle, then you do become super focused on the evidence that is going to establish the guilt and whatever. And and ironically, know. that is a weakness of usul, like you mentioned, because the usul will take into consideration that, you know, there are something like for hudud. So for ta'zir, they might, you know, use other things for for lesser punishments, but. So explained to Ta'zir, of course, so, so discretionary punishment, punishment those which are not, not established yeah. by Allah for crimes. And hudud are yeah. those which Allah has insisted and it is it's established it's in the Quran and Sunnah. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I mean, there's a, even on that case of a DNA test to establish paternity, there's a really nice article, Sheikh Haytham wrote on Islam Trinity called uh, Who's Your Father? Right. Right. I went to have it called Who's Your Daddy? Yeah, it had to be Who's Your Daddy. Honestly, that's the <laughs> problem. You like, yeah. you're like, come on, man. They didn't let me. You just edit that yeah. out, man. Pull, pull the punch at the end. Who's Your Daddy? <laughs> but it's, it shows, I mean, so many wisdoms uh, from having that high kind of uh, uh, benchmark of uh, establishing proof. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, and the only, the, because the way he presented it was the only way to deny paternity of your of someone attributed to you is through Li'an. And so that was an intentional thing. So to to at the same time yeah. uh, divorce irrevocably the the mother of that child. So it, it preserves so many things. From Absolutely, it is a weakness of the soul, and it's kind of sometimes it's a you know an, um, an inferiority complex as well to look at um, kind of Western uh, norms of, of criminal the, this justice. This is a perennial kind of problem. I mean, yeah. this is I mean just like you just saw now. You know, there's no the, the BBC went with the whole. There's no gene. There's no gay gene. Now, yeah. Okay. You know, the Muslims didn't. Well, the correctly guided scholarly uh, Muslims would yeah. know that neither was our beliefs about homosexuality based upon there being a gay gene or the yeah. absence of a gay gene or whatever. No scientific knowledge <coughs> affects the actual ruling. Yeah. Just like those people who look at the Quran and are obsessed with the verses scientific that could miracles. be understood in a scientific way and it's a book of science. What an insult to the Quran to call it a book of <laughs> science. Horrible. Goodness yeah. me. Yeah, and, it's and it's people who are so obsessed. I mean, at the same time, we've got to be careful because we sitting right here one of the major reasons that we are guided in the way that we are and our iman is respected and strong compared to like maybe those who are abroad and they look up to us is because that Western empirical way of treating things has guided us out of that cultural nonsense, given mm. us that clarity. 
we really enjoy our religion. We're very confident about religion because we cut through the nonsense and the fakeness and the weakness and we yeah. practice an authentic, happy form of Islam, confident, strong. And that is in no small, you know, uh, we owe a debt to that mm. Western empirical critique type of method. Skepticism. Yeah, that skeptical mind has mm. a great, you know, but when it goes too much, then you start making that the misa. Yeah, and, and we start calibrating. And again, that's a weakness of our soul. It yeah. is a weakness, even of in the Western soul. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, come back fun. to the question, then, Sheikh. Right? Is the scholars, as the people of Ilm coming through now, and the development that they are having, is it enough for them to take positions of leadership, or should they not even consider themselves leaders for another 10, 20 years? Because now, to have an imam. Who's not a leader Who doesn't understand Some basic finance Doesn't You know All these different aspects Of everyday life Counselling You know It's a big yeah. thing How to deal Pastoral with Conflict care. Yeah Conflict resolution it's, mm. it's it's a lot to deal with And if they're just coming out Having understood Maybe fiqh etc What The lazy answer Is for me to say What we've all been saying For the last 1400 years That no one should be Seeking leadership You only get it, You get it when you deserve it The one who requests it Is the one who's least Deserving of it and anyone who's young in leadership is patently out of place, and that's that doesn't that, that's not dependent upon scientific development or yeah. today and the bigger, wider issues that we need to deal with. No, it does, this message has been the same all the way through. That's the easy, lazy answer. Yeah. The truth is uh, that if you are like that, then we'll have no one doing anything. Yeah. Like, who is then going to lead the salah? Who is then going to teach? Uh, mm. And I hate saying this. <clears throat> I hate saying this because obviously, you know, I remember that that whole concept of stay, of your, stay in your lane. <laughs> I said that, right, back then in critiquing young, mindless, you know, ignorant people. Mm. And now it's become a catchphrase to hit, you know, everybody now that, that is speaking and they're not fully qualified. The problem with that is that it's now become a bit too much. Like I remember, for example, in khutbas, okay, uh, mm. in some masajid, um, I, 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 I used to really criticize the khatibs because they are so rubbish. <laughs> they are yeah. so rubbish. The quality of our Jum'ah khutbah is so breathtakingly poor that I, when I go into, and I'm talking across the board. How do you know that? Don't because you deliver I yourself? go, I go, I don't do khutbah. Oh. Okay, and this is the irony. This is the hypocrisy, yeah. right? I don't like to give khutbah. I think it's an incredibly huge responsibility. And I also think that I do not have the emotional control to honor the pulpit of the Prophet. Sorry, and whenever sorry, I go, I lose it. Okay. Will you start telling jokes or no, no? I wish. I wish I could be and you know, have that bre that sense of brevity and sense yeah. of lightness. I am there in the back row watching everyone on their phones. Mm. I am that person. So when I go and stand on that, those people are getting slaughtered. Yeah. And I <laughs> lose my mind. Yeah, and and yeah. so just imagine. But maybe this they need person, that sometimes. No, it? but you say that. But I'm yeah. critiquing all of these khatibs who are giving just, you know, the letter P poor, right? Yeah. Khutbas, which are just a disgrace. No preparation, just the mindless. No just, relevance. Just, just no relevance. Yeah. Just not understanding the sunnah of the Prophet, etc., yeah, etc. Et et and then you suddenly say to yourself, if we stop these people, then who's going to give the khutbah? There's mm. a reason why yeah. the one guy who can give the khutbah, he's not because there's 13, 14 places just in a small town. It's the schools now. 
It's yeah, the yeah. universities, it's the colleges, it's the masajid. In the city, we've got so many different places, mashallah. Who's going to service them? Yeah. Who's yeah. going to service Have you thought about training? Have you ever trained any, done any khatib training? I did. Yeah, so I felt very guilty about yeah. this. I'm cussing everybody and not helping them. So I mm. said, you know, I'll take it upon myself. The truth is, is that when you arrange it and you organize it. Nobody turns up. No, in fairness, I'm, I actually made it an obligation. I said mm. that if there's anyone that wants to continue this message, they have to come to training. And the quality. Oh, you're talking about your own mosque. No, no, no. Talking about my mosque. No, no. My mosque, mashallah, tabarakallah, is the you're greatest mosque on this planet. Yeah, you're sweating, Shay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweating because you made me put headphones. I took my pakol. That's why. That's why. I'm, that's why I'm sweating. Looks good. You said, though, you said to me, the air conditioned office, yeah. air conditioned studio, whatever. Yeah, you put me in some Quakers, any coffee shop. Shout out to Quakers. Oh yeah, yeah. shout out to Quakers, Quakers. coffee shop. Shout out to Quaker Street. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Quaker bubble Street, tea. Bubble tea. Yeah. And. Shout out to nice. the bleakies as well. Yeah. It's not just because I need more sugar in that. I tell you that right now. <laughs> but anyway, yes. Let's move so on. Very wait quickly. a second. Wait a second. Wait a minute. Were you the one who started the whole stay in your lane thing? Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I it came to me. I never read it before, and then genius, I just keep man. seeing it everywhere else. But I really regret that statement now. Yeah. Because yeah. now everybody, yeah. Because as I said, it's now become just a stick to beat anyone who's trying to do something with. Do you think okay. that out? outweighs the so the benefit you get from people trying to punch above their weight outweighs the harm from people truly this is genuinely the 64 million dollar question it really yeah. is because we we suffer so much from the ignorant that that speak and you know that's a that's a phenomenon which is out of control mm. the muslims that are out there on youtube doing god knows what tutorials to x to y you know it's an industry to making money whatever but ultimately they are being put on a pedestal by Muslims who are just acting so dumb, it's unbelievable. Mm. They see someone who's practicing religion, they relate to them and they take their opinions and their practice over the Quran and Sunnah, over their teachers, their scholars, their imams. So this is a, this is a, a catastrophic state of affairs. But as bad as that is, the fact that if everybody wants to stop and to be scared of actually trying to present their religion to other people, to yeah. actually speak about the deen and practice it, that would be even more catastrophic. So we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. I genuinely feel why that. Don't, why don't you do more stuff on YouTube? Before, when I was driving here, not while I was driving, but I was <laughs> searching for, <laughs> while I was parked up at KFC, I was searching for your stuff I don't on do. I don't YouTube. do public lectures. I, I, I don't, I don't like lectures, but yeah, videos. And interesting I fact. Someone tell you to stay in the lane. <laughs> the first lecture of yours I went to was in Manchester. PG had organized it. It was Boys and Girls. Oh, a love story. Girls, a love story. Yeah, yeah. And I was selling books outside, and I went up there with my uh, my future, who's now my current, alhamdulillah, father-in-law. So I thought, okay, make them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to speed this up. Oh, there's this talk going on. Boys I, and girls, I hear a story. thank you coming up here. <laughs> so I went in, took him as well, and then like got him sat down. <laughs> I backed out for a lemme the talk. <laughs> alhamdulillah, we got married, yeah, so it worked wait, out. Were you talking about uh, why, why you should let like waste men marry your daughter? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of I did of see that, that thumbnail by the way I yeah. didn't click on it <laughs> Of that one Because I'm neither girls. a boy nor a girl Yeah so It's not good not stuff relevant. for me yeah. Not relevant No I, yeah. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a massive fan of, uh, of uh, conference type uh, You know I mean, what, what about just like, because you're, 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 you're highlighting a real problem, mm. a lot of people are taking, young people are taking religious guidance from, from other young people, and it's a bit of a disaster most of the time, I think. But why aren't people like yourself then, you know, I don't think necessarily that the answer is to flood it then with the people who are qualified. I don't actually think that that solves anything. 
really? I think, yeah, I don't I think... Mean, you I, have, I don't, you have I don't active think Facebook, Twitter and all that kind of stuff. So you could yeah. say, then, why don't I post every day, for example? Why don't I post content every day? I don't think it's mm. the amount of content. I think that the, the problem with people is how to deal with the content out there. It's yeah. not the n- amount of content. There are people out there that, you know, I got really upset uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, my, my uh, sorry, Yahya, if you ever listen to this, but Yahya has just got in, gone into... Uh, A-levels So he's first year A-level Your son Son yeah. And uh, I don't believe in giving uh, or uh, 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 Children access to mobile phones mm. Until 18 Until 25 okay. <laughs> I, I wish I wish you Allah yeah. So um, uh, So I always have to put up with the pressure At the beginning of a new school year Because that's when All the kids come back mm. with their new gadgets And you know So In uh, So This is obviously Just started school Just started last week and he went to his mom, obviously not to me, because that's mm. the way that you do it, right? And he's gone to his mom, he's saying, come on, mama, full best, it was done in the class today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, uh, the, uh, the teacher said. Um, the teacher's encouraging him now. This, yeah. you should just wait now, let me get angry yeah. properly, okay? Yeah. Don't get my anger first yeah. and then... Gonna, me, I know what you're going to say. I'm actually. literally about to yeah. die here, okay? <laughs> he goes that, again, the medically. teacher said... Uh, just take a picture of that on the board and uh, take take your phones out and just take a picture. Okay? Wallah, oh. billah, I completely lost it when my wife told me this. Okay? Because for, the, for, the, for, for years, you know, back in the day in, in 2000s, I used to run a pharmacy department. I used to be the pharmacy manager. And yeah. my staff, dispensers, I'm not hating on dispensers or whatever, but they were basic people. Okay? I hope you didn't hit on them. And, 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 and I remember that one of them said, you know, I'm going to become a teacher. I said, you. <laughs> I said, you can't even write, Yanni. You're right, right. The basic English names on my prescriptions, Yanni. And you're going to go and teach these, these people. She did a one-year conversion. And she's now teaching Yanni. Oh, she's a head know, teacher. The, she might as well be. Yanni, I, you know, I love teachers. And we all love teachers. But the young teachers of today, some of them are literally, you know, out of university or out of some kind of conversion course. The level of their knowledge is absolutely breathtakingly poor. I will go mm. to, I will, I, I will actually go to a... A parents' evening, and I become embarrassed. I'm speaking to the, you know, to to to, to the teacher about some subjects. It was teachers' evening instead. It's just, it's just, it's <laughs> just, it's just so embarrassing. And people, just like Yanni, we're blaming millennials. Well, some of these millennials are teachers now as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's and, the and, 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 and they don't have the work values and ethics <coughs> either. Yeah. So instead of going through the long, arduous, I know I'm a teacher, going through and making up, explaining the point in detail, carefully, and everything, they're actually just putting something on electronic and saying, "Listen, just take a picture, take a picture." This is a this is a school which has banned phones after three years of campaigning. Me at the head of it, ahead <laughs> of it. Okay, no phones allowed in class time, and the teacher is telling them, "Take out your phone and take it, take, you know, take the picture." And, and he's saying, "He's saying, oh, I, 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 how, how can I study? I didn't get a picture of the." Of, of the notes on the on the yeah. board. Now I get his point. And you got him a massive DSLR camera. Kodak film. You got one of those. Why do you need to be a phone for? Checkmate. School. Checkmate. He's standing there with the Trevor Bailey. You just what I mean. Strike a pose. So the truth is, is that the these these kids, when it comes to these devices. I mean, forget the kids. Look at the adults. Forget the adults. Look at the teacher. Look at the scholars. Mm. There are people that are in my circle, <coughs> right? Especially, mm. I don't want to say Americans, but some big name people, you know, who go around. They drive we're me come to the nuts. Americans. No, we are going to yeah, come to the Americans. I'll be sitting next to, you know, I'm going to say it straight. No, no, I'm not going to say it straight. I just yeah. that. Tell me the bit. No, 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 yeah. I, no, no, I'm not going to. Because go on. Yeah, oh. No, but are uh, there are people that we respect. Mm. 
And I told Sheikh Walid actually this, Sheikh Walid Basuni, and I made a big complaint, Shikayat to him that I said that, you know, there are colleagues of ours that they don't understand that when you sit with people, you sit with people. Yeah. And it is the height of arrogance and disrespect to pull out and keep checking your phone. Okay? It really is. Yeah, you put your phone away. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was actually okay. no messaging doubt, Mahmoud yes. to get you some sugar, actually. MashaAllah. MashaAllah. You and said, here yeah. it comes. You said, okay. Exactly. <laughs> so, the, and back uh, you go. The, I, I, want, I want you to, to think about this, okay? That these people are doing this in front of you, effectively saying you're not as important as whoever is on the phone or the messages, whatever. And you know what Sheikh Walid said? He goes, you may be thinking this is a young millennial thing. Or you're thinking that it's, you know, our colleagues who are born in the UK. He mentioned, he name dropped five senior Arab scholars. Arab, not because it's just Arabs, but, you know, because of his circle. 70, 80 year old mm. who are, he said that I was just with him just a couple of months ago. And this is a scholar who's seen as one of the senior scholars of the world. He just was in there and he had was on the phone and he wasn't listening to any single thing he was saying. And I nudged him, I said, Sheikh, they, they, they're speaking to you. And he goes, huh, 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 okay. And then he just put it down, then he picked it back yeah. up again. So well, how, 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 how are we going to blame the kids yeah. when their parents are on it day True and night that. as well? Yeah. So there has to be a massive culture change with our interaction with these gadgets. Massive. Mm. And, and until that happens, we can't keep blaming the millennials as much as God knows I want to blame yeah. them for everything. But there I, really I, is. I'm always saying this, sound like a broken record. I believe yeah, in a hundred years time, every fifth council of the world is going to be like, yeah, of course this stuff is haram. And they'll be like, how, why did it take so long for people to realize this? That's my theory. If you're watching this in 100 years' time, then uh, I Bit don't know props. how you'd be watching it. Bitcoin <laughs> will probably be halal yeah. by then as well. <laughs> He's got a stirrer now. He's getting yeah. your sweet drink for in, the, in, in his installments. But, uh, so how old is your eldest? Eldest is 18 and a bit, 19 soon, something like that. Wow. What's yeah. that like? Having a big old teenager, probably bigger than you. Nothing because all of my kids are, will remain kids. They know Inshallah. it. Yeah. <laughs> no one is an adult in my house when I'm there. So, so, so we spoke about the, the, the changing times and you know the issues that we're dealing with today. But have you found that over the years, the depth of the questions that you get have they improved or are they have they become poorer? If you understand what I mean, I do. Understand. Are people getting through? <coughs> no, of course, they become poorer because the knowledge of people has become poorer. Their depth themselves has become poorer. People are not as deep as they used to be. Who just yeah. died? Are you still alive? <laughs> MashaAllah. The magic of show business. <laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's, it's horrible to say that. I don't want to throw all the youth, the youth yeah. under the bus. Ute them. But I'm being calm. And I'm, yeah. being, I'm, being, I'm, being, I'm being any cool. Actually, and, sir, you are being rather yeah. peak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I, I may I, say I, so. I found that there generally seems to be a lack of empathy in our time. Like our parents' generation... That, that, that level of helm they had for parents, my generation honestly we're really poor eh? you know you got to book in advance to see people people haven't got time for each other they don't really care they don't even try to care to understand the other person's point of view and I worry that the, the generation below us and it manifests itself in questions because they just want an answer it's not seeking but it goes, back to, that, it goes yeah. back to that Simon whatever cynic yeah. yeah cynic point right He's, is that we have to understand where they're coming from if you've been brought up your entire life never having to wait, mm. listen, bro, I've, I'm, I'm a 56 kbps kind of guy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So once you've lived through that <laughs> and you see Virgin Media 100 megabytes, yeah. Yeah, and you go, dang, you're like, you know, what the hell's happening here? So I'm willing to take more. But if your whole life has been 100 megabytes, okay, 
then what do you what do you do? It's such hard work. How do you wait for something? What do you do? You know this whole kind of first world, hashtag first world, world problems. My phone battery ran out. Actually, yeah. that is now entire world problems, and it's a major problem. If your phone battery runs out, people break down. People yeah. break down. They they they, they can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've we're the ones that have put ourselves in that state. And obviously, our parents who are used to the doing things the hard way and the long way, and for a large period of their life. They're going to be easy and they're going to be more patient. And yeah. I have to say that I think that we're still doing a good job because we're holding on to a little bit of, of that generation because we have experienced it, okay? Yeah. But the next generation, how can you blame them? Genuinely, how can how you blame you, them? How do you encourage or, or inculcate they patience? They have to live it. You have, they have to live it. You've got to take the phone away. Mm-hmm. You've got to make them sleep on the floor. They've got to go and experience the heat. They've got to go and see what the rest of the world lives like. You have yeah. to do that. I took my kids away yeah. and I left them for three months by themselves without their mom and dads while they were six and seven years old to go and study. I've been taking my kids away in the summertime and making them experience how the other, the other half or the other majority, I should say, yeah. live, roughing it. They have to taste. They have to recognize how fortunate they are. They have, child, child they have to recognize. They have to. Kind of about that. Good, awesome parenting. How much fun did you have when they were away? Be honest. Honestly, man. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Hajj was amazing. Oh, I dumped them in the village and I went to Hajj. Yeah. Hajj, yeah, not some World Cup or anything. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but it's got to be lived. It's it has lived to be. Experience. It has yeah. to be. They have to. And, and not as a kind of, you know, a touristy experience that I'm just going to go yeah, and try yeah, for yeah, two yeah, days yeah. and take some pictures of, you know, what I... What do they call it now? Gap year. This, uh, <laughs> glamping? Not just gap... Yeah, oh, yeah like glamping, this, uh, yeah. 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 No, no, I mean, yeah, obviously, glamping is a nice version, but I mean, they will go and rough it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, uh, so. and 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 it's all about you know I did it charity tourism that type of thing where people yeah. go out and make themselves feel yeah. better. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so no, no, it, it's got to be lived. It's got to become a part of their identity so they can relate to it. it yeah. Because it's not the experience which is more important. It's the consequence. Yeah. It's mm. it's the when they come back and they taste luxury that they're grateful for it. So they don't see it as a right. So if you don't honest. see it as a right, then if you do have to wait, then that's the norm. And if they do get quick service or quick response or fast speeds, yeah. then it's alhamdulillah, that's amazing. That's great. They've got to become more grateful in of themselves. And they can only yeah. do that if they lower their expectations. So we have to lower our millennials society, our society of millennials, their expectations of everything. It reminds me of Gordon Ramsay, you know what he does? When they go on a f- uh, holiday, him and his missus in first class. And yeah. the kids are in there. I don't know why you're saying Gordon Ramsay. Who, who doesn't do that? <laughs> who puts their kids in here? Yeah, in, 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 yeah, in the to push the plane. Are you kidding me? Well, they'll be, they'll be saying wing class. will be empty and I'll make them push the, push the plane. <laughs> but remember, we went uh, Hajj together. Yeah. And they upgraded me and Adil, not him, to uh, business class. We pretend like we didn't know him, innit? We're like, oh, oh, where were you? Oh, oh, no, they only had two seats. Alhamdulillah. When I went from, so I was, first time I was in business class and I was like, wow, I'm so amazing and towel and the three course meal and everything. The toilet was, uh, someone was occupied, so I went through the back. When I lifted the curtain and I was suddenly palpitations, like, how are you guys sitting three to a row? Are you okay, brother? Oh my God. Look, he's like that. But we were getting ready for Mina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was ago. Yeah, that was judge. the wrong time Proper to judge. Yeah. Yeah. enjoy it before we, uh, you know, so so transform and repent and stuff. All right. So but yeah, it really, it changes your perspective. I remember we went went to um, in uni time. We had this thing called Camp Grizzly. It's from when a, a relic from when a vestige from when Baba Rahman was there. Um, he was like arrested the year before I started same uni. So we had these really kind of tough camping experiences, and I think it was in snow. I don't know. Brecon Beacons or something, just roughing it, sleeping outside and tents or whatever. 
remember my trainers used to I wake up my trainers literally the shoelaces were frozen right just two days or three days in the thing making wudu out there when i came back to halls and i put the cold water tap on my hands were burning <laughs> yeah Yeah, yeah. But I just acclimatized the cold water. I was thinking, what the hell? They switched, you know, switched the taps or whatever. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, hate on you know the folks that organize these little kind of you know retreats and uh, little kind of you know visits. But uh, that <coughs> is similar to the whole kind of charity mm. tourism that we just said. It's not actually achieving the consequence. Okay. Um, If you see it as because you know that first mm. night is rough, but then you say to yourself, only two more nights, only two more nights, mm. only two more. Nights. But that's not what we want. We yeah. don't want that to become the, the result, and that's why what I'm talking about now has never changed from the very beginning. The Prophet sallallahu said that traveling is a portion of punishment. Mm. Imam Bukhari in his chapter he said that traveling is knowledge, and so there is a very clear combination between struggle, sacrifice, and seeking knowledge. So not only when you go and travel and you experience all these mm. difficulties, and it's going to take a long time because all travel back in the day took a long time. We're talking months. So there's not this idea that it's only a short period of time. It's a, it's, a, it's a set of scenarios and circumstances that you become used to and it becomes a new norm. Mm. It has to become a norm. Then when you come back, and even when you come back from a short journey, the whole point that you know it was a punishment, as the Prophet said, is because mm-hmm. when you come home, everything's stable again. The yeah. people around you are stable. You're grateful. Every, and you become you grateful. Mm. So... If you do not develop a new norm when you come back, then you didn't achieve what no. you were meant to from yeah. that experience. Mm. So, uh, when it comes to our kids, this has to be more But than you just have, trips. You, you don't have anything else you can do, really. No, I think you, you do. You can't long term take like a few months but, 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 out from normal we, we, we do need to. Six weeks yeah. in the summer is more than enough time. Mm. I'm talking about three day weekends. I'm talking about whatever. I'm talking 40 about forty days or four months. Yeah. <laughs> they had it shout right out, all along, man. Shout out, shout out to TJ's. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. They, they they had this thing on lock. They did yeah. from the beginning. And genuinely, on the yeah, floor. Floor. and on that floor. Yeah, but Bro. they eat like four or five times a day. What are you hating for? What are you hating for? Just saying, isn't it? It's not exactly. You know, uh, rough, they, they it's not exactly bear grills, isn't it? I've got a ring on my house. You know, where you can see who's come and. Ring and I was looking. I was I was uh, at someone else's place and I suddenly see like three mashallah brothers from the local Afghan masjid. Sick. Like they'd found they found <laughs> Sorry, me. Nobody so they'd come to call Subhanallah to see if I because I hadn't been to the masjid. I go to a different masjid Subhanallah and I just thought, you know, actually, there's something beautiful about that. Mm. You know, maybe we used to get annoyed and when we were growing up, you know, when you're you know. Really Admit it, you said you, that's a bit romantic. That <laughs> Admit it, you said. Yeah, well, alhamdulillah, I'm not home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I don't have to lie this time. <laughs> oh, shame I can't be there to open the door. Oh, well, oh, that's one very, very good benefit about having those video doorbells. <laughs> But I just want this thing about you know the, the sense of brotherhood generally, and you've mentioned this before as well. Even youngsters, people not going to the masjid, etc. When they're not there, calling out for each other and that support in practicing, it's just. Um, You know. That's why. That's why when 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 people Muslims see, I mean myself, I'm massive on the call to the congregational prayer, and it, people kind of see it as kind of throwback to uh, yesteryear. Uh, no, this is the only thing that we have left to save our community. Okay, mm. our jama'ah. I mean, we are very very proud of the, the Chiro Masjid project. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, our local masjid is one where if you are not there for the congregational prayer, there's definitely something wrong. 
and we will find out what's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, genuinely. Uh, and I'm talking Fajr and Isha. We'll find you. You know? Right. No, no, definitely. In a, in a nice way. Everybody Liam knows. Liam Neeson yeah. <laughs> But, I will but find people want to be there. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. People yeah. all come because they know that there's going to be a great salah. And then afterwards, we're going to catch up. We're going to find out what's going on. What's the latest. Everybody's going to share their, you know, their different professional services to one another. Everybody mm. knows. I've got this, by the way. This is what happened yesterday. What do you think? It's now becoming the only option now. To mm. save people at the human level Because social media has had its highlight And it's now turned people into all those individual kind of, you know yeah. uh, Weird folks that now completely self-satisfied now to be by themselves And if we now don't step in now To give yeah. society and community back to them Congregation back to them Their brotherhood and sisterhood back to them Through yeah. the masjid Then it's gone Because it's not going to be the conferences yeah. It's not no. going to be retreats yeah. That's now gone. Even Boris today, he was he's in Rochdale. He was talking about making uh, spaces where communities can come together and all that kind of stuff. And everyone was cussing him and heckling, saying, "You know, where, where was the conversation? You where yeah. did you take it?" But he's talking about you know that everyone recognizes that you need somewhere for people to. Uh, Tell him can we start a flipping parliament? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what some heckler said. Yeah. He's shouting for like well, two minutes. Yeah, the one place we've been why, yeah, why, yeah, yeah, why in parliament? Yeah, that's a good place to start yeah. getting everyone together to sort yeah. out this flipping mess. <laughs> Tell him to get lost for five weeks. The fish, yeah. but that only. But what you said only affects the brothers, don't it? What about for sisters? No, just speak to just speak of yourself, bro. In our in our yeah. in our in our in our masjid, in our circles, in our da'wah the uh, listen. It's, it's an absolute disaster that we are only focusing, and I don't mean even intentionally, I mean even mm. people might want to, but the, at the end of the day you've got to judge about the consequence. The women have always been the most important part of our, of, our, of our culture, of our society. I don't mean biologically because they're bringing the fourth and next generation, but because everything and everyone goes back to them eventually. Like, you know... Mm. People look at me and they say that, oh, you must give really great advice or you must be great support for your kids and because you do this, you do that. They always go to my, my, yeah. my missus. She's the number one mm. port of call for everything in, uh, with, with respect to kids. That's in knowledge, that's in practice, that's in advice, whatever. So that's just in my household. What about the rest of the, the, the society? Mm. And, you know, there's, uh, uh, I think now, a lot of the, I mean, we, we diss America day and night and rightly so. Okay, mm-hmm. and their American Islamic scene, and you know, their liberals and blah blah blah. But they do many things very well, and one of those is give sisters the provision in the masjid to be fully equal, mm-hmm. and to be able to enjoy that, and to establish their identity, and to be proud, and so on. And the American masjid, that model, obviously very difficult in a smaller country where mm-hmm. where real estate or land is so expensive, but certainly no excuse for up north. Certainly no excuse for you know, uh, yeah. Birmingham and onwards. So the areas, yeah, I mean, London is madness, okay? London's madness. But anything north of Watford Gap, you know, the the prices aren't the same, the Mm. land's more available. People have got to invest not in high streets, but in open areas and start getting people to go there and to have all these facilities. And that's what Americans have been doing all the time. Mm. And that's what the new masajid of the future in the UK will be. They've finally realized 20 years too late, and we are 20 years behind the American model. Mm. And that's where we will go. And it's a blessing if we reach there. Because without them, there is, no, there is no community. This idea yeah. that the men are going to be able to do it themselves is Islamically wrong and it's going to yeah. fail just by itself. Just practically it's going to fail. So you, ha- you, 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 you go out of your way in Chido Mosque to make sure the Absolutely. And, and we go out of our way in incredibly difficult circumstances as well mm. because, and I want you to imagine this now, okay? Yeah. Our wudu facilities are in front of the imam. So I want you to imagine the imam prays to the member. So we enter from the back 
and we entered into the prayer hall. Mm -hmm. And to make wudu, you have to go directly through, okay, yeah. oh. in front of the imam. So next to the member is because it's a converted chapel. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. So the so, so imagine, okay, it's enough of a headache for the men to go through. You know, Why when there's a hole, how do the women go? So we have to have a house on the side, which is used for the women, and then they—it's very difficult circumstances. And at the mm. moment now, the, the well, the last seven years, whatever, the big project, which is a big five million pound project, um, to rebuild the masjid, its facilities mm. are second to none for the sisters, for the rest of the community, and so on. Mm. So. And despite the limitations that we have, I think we do better, a better job than pretty much anyone else in the country. Alhamdulillah. And, yeah. and, and, and that's not a favor from us. It's because they deserve it. Yeah. Why yeah. wouldn't they? So you mentioned a few times the American context. So that's one good thing you think they got right. Without what a shadow of a doubt. Well, you know, we, don't need to, we, don't, we don't need to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait for they say way. some of the... <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no, there's no need. Why? I'm in the middle of an American love thing at the moment. You know what I mean? I've spent last 20 years hating on Americans. That's yeah. enough, Lala. Uh, you you dr travel there a lot still? No, I don't travel there right, at all. At all. I don't have any, any, permission, any, any permission to even go anywhere. <laughs> not, not only do I not have any permission to go to America, I'm not even allowed close to America. <laughs> you know really? how, how they work? Yeah, they, they, they blackmail the countries surrounding them, Mexico yeah. and Canada, into an illegal agreement that even if there is a person that goes to your country yeah. If there is an emergency mid-flight And it needs to be diverted And there is any uh, <coughs> Technical possibility of you having to divert To one of our airports Then you have to sign this agreement That you cannot allow this person into your country mm. Unless we vetted them And they put you on one of them? 100% I was number, name number one bro No come on are you saying that just to kind of boost your what, street what, cred? To be, be street cred? <laughs> I, had, I had a death threat. Yeah. <laughs> ISIS threatened me. Yeah. I'm so cool. I'm legit, I am. Not that, that guy, a text, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Not that guy, bro. Not no, that no, guy. No, no. Alhamdulillah. Okay. But okay, look. You're still doing traveling for courses and stuff? Yeah, I still teach. Stuff? Yeah, I still teach Al Maghrib. Um, and uh, just, I guess it's more, you know what I found? I found that um, I've always been. Uh, flexible mm. with the mode of the teaching as long as the teaching doesn't stop so what's really good nowadays i found that when you go on trips for example now whether it's the umrah whether it's the hajj whether it's aqsa whether it's mm. another country the one thing that i will do to make it different is that the study continues everyday lessons and you know the experience continues so mm. even though i might be traveling less to teach a weekend course for al-maghrib or for anybody else okay it's being replaced with a different form Mm. But the output continues Just the mode uh, difference yeah. But travelling is very important It's what very important to keep up to date With the different what about types the writing? of people hmm? What about the writing? The writing? Yeah, 100% Oh, <laughs> sugar Guy went there <laughs> huh? Hadith book, hadith book yeah, The best of the ah. best It's going to happen inshallah Inshallah It's going to happen Ya Rabbi ya Rabbi. Uh, I mean, It's going to happen inshallah So many projects I, I love program. the article when you wrote though Allah bless you honestly I use that for yeah. so many khutbahs actually. Alhamdulillah Which one? Alhamdulillah 100 best in different forms And it was amazing It's beautiful Looking at all the different ways And the way it can Different people can Actualize The ways of being the best mm. Alhamdulillah But look, I'm going to be a bit naughty And go back to America And I'll tell you why Right <laughs> It's Look in recent times, there have been different scholars who've made different statements, things that have shocked people. Um, and not just, because everyone knows we don't Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, not just Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, even from our own kind of schools of thought. For the laity, 
what should they do? Because we know these people, we've been listening to them for a long time, we've taken knowledge from them. Something like this happens. Do you call it? It's, it's sometimes quite difficult for the laity for us in how to respond to it. You know, listen, there's a number of things I want to say about this, and I haven't written about it because yeah. I just, I just think, first of all, it's interesting you said this and everybody knows this name of the person. I really don't understand this misapplication of let's not name names. Yeah. You know, when everybody knows you're talking yeah. about, what's this, this, this <laughs> fake nonsense, this application yeah. of the hadith, the Prophet yani, you know, that the Prophet yeah, yeah. said, what's wrong with their people? It's because no one knew who yeah. the people were. Yeah. So there was no need to bring their, their, you know, they were there and I don't want to pick you out in the audience. And so I'm going to say, what's up with the people? So they get the message clearly and they're thinking there might be another person who did this as well. So they don't feel it bad. But when the whole world knows who's been talking about, you go, well, there's, you know, this been happening. Yeah, right? but it's it, still it, it, good manners, isn't it? No, it's not good manners yes. at Wallah. all. It's complete nonsense. And it's just, just misguiding people. It's just confusing mm. people who don't know what's happening. So, but that's good then if they don't know. If they, that means they don't know who it is. No, so, so, they know what's happening, but they don't know why he's not mentioning yeah. it. <laughs> that's what goes on. It's no, it, it, uh, so I, I, I disagree heavily with yeah. that unless there is a defined benefit in not doing it. Okay? Yeah. That's the first thing. Secondly, um, the, the benefit is just the, the, the generally playing the, the ball, not the man, isn't it? That's fine when it's not happening at that moment. When you're, when you're teaching mm. an issue, when you're talking about a subject, but when it's happening live right now and everybody's talking about it and you start to try and pretend that you're playing the, the, the ball. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. that's just that fakeness and that irritates people. Mm. So, you know, if you're going to, you know, uh, speak about <coughs> this person, just name the person, that's it. The second thing I'll say is that when it comes to the, the, the Muslim public, one of the problems is that, unfortunately, and I shouldn't be saying this because I'm one who benefits from this immensely, is that they are far too generous with their love. Mm -hmm. Far too generous. And unfortunately, what's worse is that Muslim leaders and scholars are enjoying that and reveling in that and benefiting from that far too much. And they're even yeah. taking advantage of. And we've already heard about those who take advantage to a level where criminal activities and you know all the sexual scandals and all that nonsense and those people get called out and they're condemned and rightly so. But I mean, and I, and and also you know those that have cults and then they do shirk and mm. all that rest of it. And you know they get condemned yeah. and they uh, maybe they get away with it in this dunya, but they're in the akhirah rightly so. But what about us lapping up all of that and enjoying undivided loyalty? completely you know absolute love and respect so that they ignore absolutely everything that you say mistaken and, and that, that's obviously weakness mm. what about the fact that it allows those people then to then continue to believe that they are so rightly guided so there's a fundamental problem with the people mm. it also reduces the quality of everything like you know we spoke about khutbas yeah, yeah. right what mm. if people started saying you know i will refuse to sit and listen to this dross i refuse to go on this mm. trip I have now paid 5,000, 10,000 pounds to come on Hajj with you and you come out and you give one lecture on this day and one lecture on that day. Are you kidding me? They paid this, you know, what happened to the person going there and, you know, and, and really looking after these people and instead of being served by them. And our Muslim leaders need to take a lesson and understand as Isa when someone tried to take his bag and carry mm -hmm. his bag, his provisions, and Islam took it back. And he said that Allah sent me to serve the people, mm. not to be served. Oh. And the ulama and the du'at and the guides and the whatever, they need to understand that when mm. people put you in a position as a trust, either because of a guide in a group or a project or a class or whatever, that you are their public servant, not just because you have some knowledge and you're living at the, giving it a big end. So that's another a problem, that the Muslims themselves have become so generous in their love 
that they're not seeing clearly what the Prophet Sallallahu warned against, which is why we have Allahumma arni al-haqqa haqqa wa rizqni tabaha. Oh Allah, show me the truth to be absolutely true so I can see it and follow it. Mm. So uh, uh, that's, that, that's another problem. The third is that our overreaction. Okay? Hamza Yusuf has become, uh, honestly, whatever he said, he's become a scapegoat. He, he really has. Um, uh, of course what he said is absurd. And we know that. <coughs> but people put the ill of the world upon him. Mm. And this is not yani, the way of Ahl-Sunnah. Some people are actually happy that they, they get to attack some because they, they, they dislike him. Because the these are people themselves who have, an, who have mm. a, their own inferiority complex. Mm. Because they're, it's, it's like my United fans. Okay? Yeah. Their, their only sense, source of joy is, is the downfall of everybody else. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Uh, that shows how pathetic my United fans mm. have become. Instead of saying then we've got to go and try and win everything again, mm. we get excited if Liverpool lose. What the fish is that? Where's the honor in that? What kind of you know, what kind of person is that? I mean, just as a sports fan, and at the human level, mm. if your success and your mood is developed and is is, well, yeah. is happy because mm. someone else suffers, this is not Islamic. Yeah, mm. you, you should be wanting him to be guided and to apologize and to say the right things, yeah. as opposed to see him get cast and get cast again and written against and whatever, whatever our differences with him. So he's done so much good and he's going to be now judged upon a couple of mistakes that he makes here and there. Mm. And that's not the right way of dealing with it. As for what he said himself, this is the irony. The irony, of course, is that he, there's two points to this. Technically, what he said is the absolute Quran and Sunnah. Technically speaking, Mujarrad yeah. yani of context, right? Just the, 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 the text. Devoid of any context. Devoid yeah. of any context. What he has stated is the sunnah. You don't challenge authority if you do not have the ability to challenge authority because then the consequence is always going to be a disaster. And that has exactly what happened in Syria and in Iraq and X and Y. So without the context. Adding the context, we know that he's wrong because it is allowed to put aside the, uh, put aside the hadith that if uh, yeah, so the, the hadith makes it clear that when you see an evil, then change it with the hand. Yeah. And if that person is unable to, then with then with his tongue. And if that person is unable to, then then with his heart. And that's the weakest of iman. What does if he is unable to mean? If he is unable to, of course he's able to. He just has to go and do it. It's not like someone's holding his hands. Yeah. It's not like someone's holding his tongue. So what does it mean if he is unable to? It means that the consequences of doing it are something severe. Not that mm. he physically can't do it, because he's able to do it every single time. It will make things worse. So it's just making things worse. Mm. So there's no doubt that this principle is clear, that we shouldn't. But this hadith is put to the side when you've been attacked, your family's been attacked, when the deen has been attacked, and there is now, the red line has been crossed. Mm. So when the red line is crossed, then you don't side on the side of the oppressors. You are with the oppressed, whatever the hadith say. Then it's all in. We are all in. And it's it not like you're matter. putting the hadith to the side or anything. You're just saying it's not applicable here. Yeah. It's not applicable. That is the yeah. context. And that's the mistake that he made. Mm. Now, what I'm saying, therefore, then, that the two points to make about what he said is that, in actual fact, technically he's right. Mm -hmm. In theory. But, in theory. But the context makes him wrong and his associations of today make him wrong. Mm. He yeah. has made the choice to cozy up with the Emirates, whether that's for what he perceives as maslaha or not, Allah knows best, okay? Because they are criminals, yeah. okay? And once you do that, then you are going to, your statements are going to be judged in the light of the context that you are bringing to the conversation. So his teachers, his people, mm -hmm. his jama'ah are the ones that are supporting a very clear despotic regime against another, <coughs> uh, against movements, against, you know, and I'm not saying that mm -hmm. the Turks are on the haq, 
and I'm, I'm saying that the Saudis are completely on Batil and I'm not there is lots of complex stuff going on moving parts yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's a lot you know don't think that Qatar is completely innocent in this don't think that Tayyip Erdogan is, 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 the, is, the, is mm. the Amir al-Mu'mineen you know this is this is also you know, sheer naivety too mm. however once you've made that decision to go and then speak positively as well because listen we are also politically you know we know that you need to have some nows and we will be diplomatic and pragmatic as yeah. well in our fatawa and in our advice to scholars and in our advice to leaders you know now social media has catapulted scholars and du'at into the position now where now uh, leaders and mps and parliamentarians see them as important so they speak to them yeah. this week i've been in conversation with at least a couple of mps who are really interested in what you know what i want to say they well, don't do that because they care who i am <laughs> members of parliament, not Northerners, okay. MPs. Those, no, no, the no, other no, sort. no, no. Members no. of parliament, they've got a lot of time <laughs> on their hands. <laughs> uh, but it's not because they, they, they care who I am or whatever, yeah. but they think that I have influence, they think I have something to offer. Yeah. And so in this situation, the fitna or the, the pressure upon the scholars has become greater. So your principles need to become even more clearer. Isn't that and better though than... It's better, if you, it's, it's better if you deal with it properly. Yeah. So if you are now going to go and speak to them or give them advice, there's yeah. a big difference being put in that position and telling them that what they're doing is good and supporting them, whatever, yeah. when that's completely wrong and just being silent and saying, you know, I was too weak or I couldn't find the courage to say what I was going to say and then not promote them. There's yeah. a big difference between them. So if a person claims that oh, it's the political pressure it forced me, I had to do it, whatever, then the answer is no, sorry. You could just refuse to be in that person, refuse to be in that association, refuse to take the funding, refuse the association or combination yeah. or the partnership mm. or the sponsorship. I could just refuse it and not make an affirmative statement either here nor there. And that is what is required as opposed to taking a position. You're not forced yeah. to take a position. If, playing slightly... Devil's advocate. Yeah, naughty advocate, I don't want to say devil. Yeah. <laughs> if, for example, say a similar situation happened and say someone like Sheikh Kahlan, someone who your scholar, your teacher asked you to do something to support him. How, how would you manage? In, in falsehood, you mean? Y yeah. I mean, it's would not something wrong, you mean. Yeah. Because you didn't say, you just said support him in something. Yeah, and I was going to say falsehood, bad. yeah. But then that's you recognising that. Something he, he thinks is, yeah, obviously he, he doesn't think it's bad. Right. But so you see, you see, that's, you put, you're giving me the easiest possible. Yeah. Scenario. He knows that I'm going to take him down. He knows mm. that. Because he taught me that from the Good. first day. You asked that question at the beginning. Why yeah. is it that you didn't go here and there? Yeah. Honestly, my teacher's methodology of Islam was so on point. It was so clear to me that this is the truth. He never at one moment called to himself. He was always empowering me. He was always teaching me the evidences and respect of the scholars. And he'd always put his opinion and he'd say that this is my opinion. And to be honest, it's from my own pocket. I don't even think it's something very important, but this is what I think. He was always mm. encouraging people. And always, just, always when, I, when, I, when I teach, I always tell them that there are two schools of, of teaching. The Maliki school and the Hanafi school. And by that, I don't mean the followers, but the identities themselves. Yeah. Imam Malik's lessons were hardcore. Just speak, everybody shuts yeah. up, write down what you want, and then if you, I give you time to ask questions at the end, then fine, you get one, two questions and that's it. You don't more interrupt. pedagogical, isn't it? Like it's clear it's, teacher, student, exactly. that flow of knowledge. Because Abu Hanifa's method was the exact yeah. opposite. He's got contemporaries. So he's got Zafar, so and he's got yeah. the, uh, Muhammad bin Hassan, and they're chatting, discussing, yeah. and there's, what do you think yeah. about, okay, about this? And they come to the conclusion without a joint effort. And that's what Sheikh Ihlan always was about. Mm. He was always bringing the people up in his circle to be a real part of that conversation with always everybody aware that we could be wrong and we're open to be. So Sheikh Ihlan would expect me to take him down. 
and to, and he's posting all the time writing all the time and i'm laughing at some of his stuff and i'm liking some of his stuff you know what i mean and this is my teacher and he knows that and i know that as well and mm. so that's not a challenge that, that question you Good. should you should you should say something like you know someone who would really take it personally and the answer would be that i would i would still correct that person i would correct that person without and naming I, him. and, and no, with naming them <laughs> with naming them because yeah. i always uh, speak to that person privately if yeah. i have a problem with something that someone has said alhamdulillah so far i have not deviated from this so even stay in your lane and all this kind of stuff and every kind of controversy you can think of over social yeah. media i had a number of conversations or attempted conversations with those people in private to give them an opportunity to think every time retract, you've had a every time you've had a dawa, dawa beef some kind of whatever yeah. Yeah. yes every single time all right and if i don't then i generally generally try mm. to avoid it unless there's some issue or some yeah exception reason so, so mm. th- th- this is the point i'm coming to so for the laity now because i i think the ulama the scholars yourselves you have a role in dealing with for example sheikh hamza the average person what do they do because what we know of him is good and now he's done something that we know is madness what he's saying do we is is it hard for us to then speak Does out everyone have to air their opinion yeah. no no not even yeah. air their opinion but because of our support for Syria now, we feel we've got to say something or make a stance of some sort. You know, you feel like you've got to make a stance. It, no one needs to make a stance. Well, I mean, who's in confusion over the state in Syria? Why are people so upset? Because it's so clear what's happening in Syria. So actually what Hamza Yusuf said, it should have just gone in the ears of one person and straight out the but other. But it does strike it's, a chord with some people though. I mean, these arguments do exist. It strikes an emotional exist. chord with those folks who do not understand Sharia. Agreed. So if there are people who are confused, then we remind them that they should be establishing a methodology that has been there from day one, that you have a teacher, and that teacher is someone who guides you, but they're not the be-all and end-all. And you always must study with other teachers as well, because it's only through studying mm-hmm. with other teachers that you know the reality of your own teacher. Yeah. This is a principle that the Salaf used to teach. Mm-hmm. Good. And the idea that one person only has one yani kind of school or one kind of idea, this is a disaster. Folks yeah, and you say that, you know what, AE is multidimensional. It's the f- flash way of saying that I've got teachers from all of the, the things. That's, that's the crazy thing. I'm celebrated because I had Sufi teachers, Salafi teachers. I'm celebrated because I've studied fiqh from all the madhahib. That's the basic requirement for a teacher today. That's the basic requirement. Our standards are so low for our scholars and our du'at and our public personalities who are speaking so low that someone who does the basic requirements is multi-dimensional, yeah, I need this, that, relevant. All-rounder. All-rounder, <laughs> this, that, whatever. You know, and mm. so, no, nothing changes. Hamza Yusuf, his good is taken and his bad is avoided. That's what should be happening all the time. But because people yeah. don't study, because people don't have teachers, and they have this, this you know, uh, this completely higgledy-piggledy and approach to, to knowledge, better things there, whatever, you know, resonates with their emotions, whatever resonates yeah, with, their, with their cultural background, taking mm. bits and pieces, well, of course they're going to be in confusion. And the rise of the activist. I don't know if you found this. I've, I don't know. It's a bit of a SJW, you yeah, disease, huh? Yeah. There, there seems to be a lot of Muslims who are activists. And Salafi Jihadi. If they've got nothing, they got nothing else, honestly, like they'll fight with a paper bag. Sometimes it just feels like that. Everything has to be a cause. Everything has to, people get riled up about. Ironically, Hamza Yusuf has the best statement that I heard on this issue of activism. We've just got too much activism, too much movement. We just need some silence. Alhamdulillah. We just need to stop moving so much. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, that's one of his best statements. Mm. I, I get it. There is a real need for us to engage, and we, we you know, we, we, don't, we don't want to be misquoted or misunderstood. Absolutely. Okay. But this obsession with always going 
to the uh, the democratic form of expressing dissent or whatever. This is not our and it's not our core. It's not our asal. It's an option to be exercised at times and places. It doesn't become the asal now. It's become the asal. Yeah. It's now everybody becomes an activist first and then studies. Mm. It should yeah. be you should be a student of knowledge first, and then use that to become an activist. What We've got it upside down. Not, Change doesn't want to be. Do you, are you of the opinion that everyone should be a talibin? Exactly, because you have made stu- a student of knowledge as something very special. Studying is an obligation. Yeah. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that the studying of Islamic knowledge is an obligation mm. upon every Muslim. It's an obligation, just like yani your salah, just like yani your zakah, to study your deen, to know the basic aspects of your religion, which by definition makes you a student of knowledge, mm. is an absolute obligation of being a Muslim. So when we have so few of those people taking the deen seriously, mm. then it's exactly then, you know, like you said. You know, that should you be a student of knowledge? How can a Muslim not be a student of knowledge? And obviously you're right, the majority aren't. They don't study. Mm. They just read a few things here and there and they just, you know, try to practice. And honestly, the level of Islamic knowledge is, and I, you know, it's my job. I get to meet so many people. It's so poor at the moment. Yeah. And you know, you know, I tell you this, I'll tell you this. You know, 20 years ago, X years ago, when you would read the hadith that a time will come when the people will not know anything. At the end, of the, the hadith all about the end of times. Yeah. yeah, that they will say, uh, uh, and they will say, you know, I remember that my grandmother used to say this, and all of the various narrations. Mm. I remember being in Dubai, Muslim country, in a masjid, and a person made three sajdas. <laughs> okay, and I thought Miskeen he's made a mistake, and then he stood up for second rakah, and then he made three sajdas again. So I thought this is some Shia flex, yeah, and he, you know, yeah, some yeah. next level behavior. <laughs> yeah. But I was watching and he did proper salam and everything and, you know, uh, uh, made dua and then he prayed another prayer and he did the flipping same. Qasma was bamboozled, that was. So I said, oh, You didn't know about that school of thought, did you? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> not, oh not that are you? I miss this. I miss this. <laughs> Multi dimensional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hook him yeah. up, slide him, bro, how do you end this, that, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Okay, he was um, Arab. Uh, no, he was from Uzbekistan or something like this. Oh, okay, yeah. and uh, so I thought, ah. Then he goes, and I go, how long you been here? He goes, I've been here for five, six years. I've been praying in this masjid for all this time. Praying mm. in this masjid for all this time. I said, brother, do you know that you did such a three times? He goes, yeah, of course, yeah. He goes, I'm Hanafi. <laughs> oh, that explains it. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. said, what? He goes, yeah, we follow Abu Hanifa's madhab and this, that, whatever. I said, bro. I want to tell you something. I'm a teacher. I teach Hanafi fiqh. This is not Hanafi fiqh. There's no such thing as three sajdas. He goes, are you sure? I go, wallah, I'm 100% said, positive. Not, I'm the other Hanafi. And that was a real light bulb moment for me. It was. And that, I'd like to say that I never saw anything as crazy as that again. That's an extreme example, no, isn't it? No, Uzbekistan, no, you know, from no, a no, lot of even That's my whole point. Even basics. I can tell you, working in the city, the types of questions and issues that people have, the fasting, oh, when the sun rises, yep. you know, these type of things, that's when you start fasting. Oh, okay. When it's darkness, that means that's when you break your fast. Things we... Isn't that his opinion? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying generally the type of issues they have, what they don't know, how they're disconnected from basic things, it's scary. Which is why I said it's not about content. You're saying to me, flood it with yani, yeah. your content or the scholars. No, it's about dealing with all the content that's already yeah. there. It's methodology, it's the filter. I mean, I don't want to bring the conversation down to that level, but if you look at some of the most successful deals in recent times in terms of apps, 
Yeah. The one that made one of the kids, like a 12 year old, uh, uh, a multimillionaire, I think it was Yahoo who bought it or someone else, um, was the filter system that filters the news. Okay. The money that's being invested yeah. is in how to filter content, yeah. how to manage data. That's the big growth mm. area yeah, yeah, yeah. because there's so much of it, right? And how can we, so our, our biggest problem is dealing with the knowledge. Yeah, mm. you know, putting trust in us, uh, teachers and scholars and sticking to them is definitely the way to, to 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 do it. But how can we encourage these folks? So we, it has to be done on a personal level because to mm. tell them in a video, to tell them in a post, is not working. It's our responsibility to spread and make it feel like an imperative, to yeah. really impress upon them in in person that Absolutely. you have to sort yourself out and go with a teacher. You don't need to come follow me. You don't come to my circle, but please. Establish a system for yourself. A real life teacher. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, we're running out of time because we want to get to the Masjid for Maghrib, inshallah. But I wanted to, you you alluded to, you know, MPs talking to you, uh, as well as Mirpuri, members of parliament. There's a lot, got a lot of hand, time on their hands now. Um, what do you think the future is of Muslims and Islam politically in, in, in the UK? Just kind of briefly. What are your in terms kind of, of opportunity, it's going to go through the roof. There's no mm. doubt about it. They have to. Our numbers are increasing. Our educated numbers are increasing. People who have interest in politics is increasing. Optimistic? No, not optimistic at all. Because we're seeing the people who are in politics, who are Muslims, and mm-hmm. what you know, what's, what, what's happened to them. So you look at the Sajidavids, you look at Sadiq Khans, you look at whatever. You know, there are practicing those. There are practicing Muslims amongst them that have come under too much pressure. Mm-hmm. There are those that, that, yani, that didn't even consider practicing and they yeah. lost their deen in the journey. There is are it not those better than, is, don't you see a trajectory? So at the, at the beginning, there's going to be a lot of waste men and, you know, sellouts. But if we continue in that direction, more people who are a bit more grounded, so I'm not more even no, so I, authenticity I, in the community, they're going to go up the ranks and, and, and get into the position. So I get, I get your point, but I don't, I'm not even saying my, my pessimism is because of sellouts. And I don't even mm. see these uh, MPs as, as sellouts per yeah. se. Sajid Javed, of course, something else. Yes. But I mean, the, the other Muslims. Imam of London. Mashallah. Yeah. The other, the, other, the, other, the other Muslims that are there, I don't see them as selling out. I think that a lot of them are going through very difficult yeah. struggles and, you know, discussions with but their they teachers. Have to in yeah. order to so, pave the way for more people. Or not? So, 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 so my concern is not that because I don't consider for my sins, I don't consider success and advancement the state of the Muslims in the country. Mm-hmm. I've always been selfish in that way. My focus is upon that person. So for me, if that person loses their hijab or loses their iman or loses a result and saves all the Muslim community, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter because each person is going to be judged accordingly. I don't believe one person sacrifices their iman for everybody. So, it's not worth mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But our our deen doesn't, doesn't teach no. that. But so I can't see the system allowing people to practice their deen to, the, to, to how it should be. To mm-hmm. get to the top at the expense of a person losing their iman. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I don't. Do they I have don't to want get anyone to, the top? to. I don't. Yeah. If if you consider that to be optimism, because you said mm-hmm. so, you're not that optimistic. So I was. Not getting to the top in a particular like a Muslim PM or anything, but just Muslim more symbols of Islam practicing Muslims. Yes, that, that in will decision happen. making. You know what? I've got to uh, ask this question. I think it's very important. UK Muslims or Western Muslims? I think the US and the UK. We seem to view the world, the Islamic world, through our prism as if we're the most important and we're at the center of it. Mm. And everything has to be about us. When we make our political decisions, it's for our betterment. Do you think that we've become more and more disconnected with the rest of the Ummah? And we see this through things like your charity, 
zakat or sadaqah belongs here, for example, or doing more things based. And, and this isn't to take out anyone. I'm, I'm being quite serious. I'm talking about our disconnection now and everything's through our prism. 100%. And even without having to talk about zakat. Because yeah, actually, yeah. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, zakat going here. But 100% is such a state of arrogance. It is white man savior mode amongst the Pakistani yeah. of, of, of the West. Like, what are you doing? Are you serious? It's way too delayed. You're meant to do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not saying it. That's so we can, poor. We can uh, bring it uh, <laughs> magical and do it again. We can magic the magic of it. Easy and you're doing white man savior <laughs> in the West. But seriously, yeah, it's 100% true. And you, you know what? You actually feel it when you go abroad and you're abroad for a while. How much do we diss Pakistan for doing Eid six years later? And right? we say it, yeah? Yeah, yeah? Not two days, three days well, later. Right the moon was seen uh, today <laughs> and Pakistan will do it next week. We're dissing it all the time. You know when you're in Pakistan for one or two Eids? You don't even know of that. You, do, you don't think about it. You actually enjoy Eid. You see no moon, then suddenly you see the moon. You feel the sha'ir of Islam. Mm. You feel that you are in the center of the Islam that matters in that place. When you're in the West, you're speaking on behalf of X, you're doing behalf of one. Where did this whole MLI uh, nonsense, you know, the the, the uh, people who are trying to teach the Palestinians what they should mm. be doing and what, you know, yeah. we should be getting sponsored by Israelis to come or whatever. It's that same arrogance that we know better because we're mm. in the West, because we've got the money, because we are never the policy makers. So we will determine for you what's best for you. It's, it's a nonsense. Again, it's people not being, not even understanding themselves, mm. their, their role and responsibility in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. 100%, 100% agree. Well, I'd, I'd like to continue this uh, conversation, but uh, it's getting a bit late and we want to get to the mushroom on time. So I'm glad you called it a conversation, not a lecture. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> but Zakla Khair, Sheikh Abu Isa. Zakla Omar. I've been your host, Zaman Bhatt. If you like the uh, podcast, give a like and a share. Uh, maybe a few comments. If you didn't like it, then go on Sheikh Abu Isa uh, lightly. Uh, he has a fragile ego. Don't mention his name. He doesn't like that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, we're also available on wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, etc. The rest. Um, also, a big shout out to Quaker Street. Uh, what's it called? Quaker Street Coffee and Bubble Tea. <laughs> Did I get that right? Yeah, you got it. Very, right. very nice coffee. Mashallah, Boisa. Uh, Modeling it very nicely there. Mashallah, checking the English. Spelled with a D A N C E. <laughs> What's that? Tendency. It's probably an intentional. Isn't it? D E N C Y. Yeah. Cut that bit out. We're supposed to pick him up. We're supposed to pick him up. Sorry, sorry. Sick coffee. No social spelling. Alhamdulillah. Jazakumullah to everyone, and Jazakumullah especially to Allah Sheikh Abu Isa for coming down, and may Allah bless all of your teachers. One thing I really took from you was to say. Dua for your teachers specifically uh, You're the product of them At the end of the day uh, And allow us all to continue Benefiting from you For many uh, years to come uh, uh, mm-hmm. Guys when are, you, when are you next Back in the Down south Next time the cricket's on okay. Which is next year We'll see you then Inshallah If you're ever in East London Around Brick Lane Make sure you drop by Quaker Street Coffee and Bubble Tea For some wonderful Tea and coffee Quote the Islam 21C unscripted podcast and you'll get 10% off.